The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this t-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstalk Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> What's up, guys? Week number 11 getting started here on Thursday night. Packers and Titans uh, just finishing up, and the Titans pulled it off. I mean, I, I didn't. I thought maybe the, the Packers, especially since they were going to be at home, kind of rediscovered their offense against the Cowboys on Sunday. But um, from the looks of things, it was, I mean, it was it was touch and go as far as the offense was concerned, but it's it looked pretty much like uh, Sunday might admit a fluke, you know, knock on wood. And uh, the Packers aren't back; they're they're still uh, they lost their four and seven, and uh, I enjoyed that. So I, even though I picked the Packers to win on the NFL show yesterday, uh, I'm happy I was wrong. It was good to watch the Titans win. I enjoyed that. But anyway. We're here to talk about Bears-Falcons on Sunday, and we'll have our friend Rock from What's Up Falcons, another sports drink podcast, joining us here uh, in just a few moments. Want to apologize a little bit ahead of schedule um, because um, I got my channels mixed up with the on my mixer with the uh, with the interview. So I um, f- I for some reason thought. Because whenever I do an, a Skype interview, one of the two people is a lot louder than the other, and I got them mixed up. I thought it was I needed to lower myself and raise my guest. In fact, it was the other way around. <laughs> I needed to lower the guest and raise myself up to kind of even them out uh, a little bit. So I apologize in advance. Rock is coming in hot, okay? Uh, he is coming in hot, and um, I wasn't able to um, you know, fix that in post. So it is what it is, and I apologize for that. That was my mistake. If it's hard to listen to, I understand. But uh, I want you guys to know going in that that's my fault, and uh, I'll make sure I get it right uh, next time around. So anyway, guys, uh, let's go ahead and get in, into this. We got news and notes. We got keys to the game, and we got our very loud friend, Rock, from What's Up Falcons to help us preview this very, very interesting ball game on Sunday. This is the week 11 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. 
Welcome back, kiddies. Oh, man. I, I, uh, <laughs> the Bears are very busy uh, this week. I mean, more f- no more Justin Fields uh, talk. You'll hear me mention in the interview with Rock that uh, Dan Orlovsky has uh, said that Justin Fields belongs in the MVP uh, discussion. It's like, eh, it's like I, I get what you're trying to say there as far as like how well he's playing. Uh, right now, but uh, let's pump the brakes on a guy that's uh, averaging about 150 yards a game passing, if that, and uh, is on a three and six football team. Let's let's slow down. Three and seven, excuse me, three and seven football team. So, uh, uh, Pro Bowl, absolutely. Pro Bowl, absolutely. MVP? Yeah, I don't think so. So let's calm down with that. Just a little bit, but um, busy week uh, for the Bears, especially with transactions uh, this week. The Bears claimed uh, defensive back Dustin Lane off of waivers from the Giants. He was a former third-round pick, I believe, of the Steelers. Um, Has bounced around a bit, was with the Giants, and they let him go earlier this week. The Bears scooped him up uh, and and brought him uh, aboard. Uh, The Bears also signed defensive end Taco Charlton, off of the New Orleans Saints practice squad, Taco was a former first-round pick uh, for the Dallas Cowboys back in 2017, which means I think that he and Eberflus were in Dallas together. And and you know Eberflus is a linebackers coach, so they probably he probably didn't actually coach uh, Taco Charlton directly, uh, but they were in Dallas at the same time in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure that's where Eberflus was before he joined the Colts uh, in 2018. But uh, he's in practice and and, uh, signed to the main roster. That's the only move to make when you sign somebody off the practice squad. You're bringing them onto your main roster. So bringing in a little extra firepower uh, to hopefully help spring the the pass rush and get that going on Sunday against the Falcons, that would be a gigantic help. Uh, We also activated officially Matt Adams off of injured reserve and in turn had to waive uh, linebacker A.J. Klein, who was part of the Roquan trade so you know unfortunately that didn't uh I don't want to say it didn't work out but it was just one of those moves that had to be uh made in order to balance out the uh the roster uh transactions and AJ Klein appears to have been a uh unfortunate casualty but I did see that he's already been picked up by Buffalo so he went from three and seven you know uh, uh for the Bears to uh you know six and three for uh Buffalo so it's Probably no skin off his back because, uh, yeah, he's he's back on a winning team, you know, because he was with the Ravens, who who are in first place right now, came to the Bears, not in first place. Now he's back in Buffalo, which I think is where he started his career, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a reunion of sorts for him uh, as well. And then the big news uh, for the Bears this week was um, it was either on Monday or Tuesday that it was announced that the Bears were putting – uh, running back Khalil Herbert on injured reserve. Um, apparently, he suffered some kind of hip injury uh, on Sunday on his last uh, kickoff return uh, against the uh, the Lions. So it was like you know late in the ball game, minute and a half, two minutes, whatever it was. So there really wasn't enough time left in the game for you to realize. Be like, wait a minute, Herbert's not out there because in the situation that the Bears were in, with Montgomery a being the better pass catcher and the monumentally better pass blocker 
there was no surprise that Monty was the one that was out there on that all-important drive at the end when the Bears were trying to make a push um, to try to win the ball game. But, um, you know, that, that's, that's definitely going to hurt, uh, the, you know, the Bears in the running game. Uh, it means a lot more carries for Montgomery. It means Treston uh, Ebner uh, is going to be uh, called upon to uh, take up some of those, uh, uh, you know, extra snaps uh, for Montgomery to give him a, uh, a breather from time to time. And there's also been a little bit of talk today um, that, uh, you know, like Luke Getze, our offensive coordinator, mentioned almost in passing that Valus Jones played running back uh, in high school uh, for, you know, for, for a few snaps uh, here and there. So uh, maybe that's something that might be sprinkled in uh, as well to, uh, A, help out uh, Montgomery and, and, you know, so that he's not carrying all uh, of the load and, B, get Valus Jones back on the damn field. You know, he's a third-round pick. We need to, to get him out there. The only way to improve in this game especially is on the field. So we need to get Valus Jones uh, out there and uh, get him some snaps, get him some reps, something. Get him out on the field. I'm all for it. I am all for it. So uh, definitely unfortunate that Herbert's going to be out for the next uh, four weeks, especially since there's only seven weeks left uh, in the season. Uh, but Matt Eberflus uh, did sound confident that we would see Khalil Herbert again before the end of the season. So hopefully we'll get to see him for those last three games or so uh, at the end of the year. Um, and, and good news uh, for the Bears, Justin Fields named the FedEx Ground Player of the Week uh, with his 107, 147 yards rushing and his two rushing touchdowns in a losing effort against the Lions uh, on Sunday. You know, it's uh, good to see him getting these uh, accolades. And um, speaking of the Lions game, Jalen Johnson, uh, when he met with the media this week, said that the uh, illegal hands to the face uh, flag that was thrown on him that erased Jack Sanborn's interception, which that was the turning point in the ballgame right there. Because Sanborn, with the interception, we're going back the other way. We've killed this all-promising drive for the Lions it very well could have been that moment that took the, the, the air out of Detroit's sails, you know, and it, all important, it would, would have killed that drive that they were, you know, deep in Bears territory with. And instead, because they called that bogus flag, the next play, uh, I believe it was DeAndre Swift runs it in for a touchdown. And all of a sudden it's a, it's a one score game. It's a ball game. And, you know, Detroit's back in this thing and it never should have happened in the first place. And then we all know less than a minute later, uh, Justin Fields, uh, you know, gives up the pick six to Okuda, and it's a tie ball game in the blink of an eye. So, uh, but speaking of what, you know, Jalen Johnson saying that the flag that was called was was bogus, and he said it was, quote, a clean play. And every replay that I've seen of it backs that up. You know, you, you see him check the receiver at the line of scrimmage. He goes down like a ton of bricks, like he got shot by a sniper or something like that, just goes right down. And, you know, from the fact that he went down and didn't get back up until long after the play was over, like he literally needed to be assisted off the field. My only assumption from the hand placement of Jalen Johnson, unless he's got the world's longest thumb and, you know, got him in the Adam's apple with his thumb or something, that check in the, in the chest knocked the wind out of him. That's the only thing I can assume that would cause somebody to go down like that and stay down while he's trying to regain his breath. 
So I've had the wind knocked out of me once. It is a frightening experience, man. That is not cool when you're sitting there trying to suck in air and nothing is coming in. It's awful. But, um, you know, that, that's the only thing I could see that, that, that how that guy was injured, you know. But Jalen Johnson says it was clean and that all the video evidence would suggest uh, that he is uh, correct in saying that. You know, it's not just like, like for us as Bear fans. It's not sour grapes. It was a bad penalty. It was a bad call. And it turned out to be a very, very important one. Uh, at the same time. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was unfortunate. And like I said, it was the turning point in the game it's, it, because it's, it's a 14-point swing right there. It goes from staying a 20 to 4, 24 to 10 football game in favor of the Bears. We've got all the momentum now going back the other way. You know, we just had the ball twice in the third quarter and scored two touchdowns with it. There was every expectation that we would go right back down and do it again. And then it's 31 to 10, and, and now it's, it's, you know, gotten out of hand kind of thing. Instead, one play later, DeAndre Swift is in the end zone. It's 20 to seven, 24 to 17, and we all know what happened from there. So, yeah, Jalen Johnson says it was a clean play, not just because I'm a Bear fan, but because I'm a person with eyes that can see, I would have to agree with him. And then finally, the injury report for this week. It's uh, not much different than it was a week ago. Um, Dane Crookshank still nursing the hamstring injury was limited on Wednesday, did not practice today on Thursday. So maybe he felt some tightness or something. Didn't want to risk it. Uh, Kyler Gordon was limited on Wednesday, but full go on Thursday with a knee injury. Uh, Nikhil Harry was out, uh, today on Thursday with, uh, an illness tis the season, you know, it's, but I mean, especially since last weekend, uh, like Thursday, it was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it was in the 70s uh, last week. And then Friday, it literally went off a cliff here in the Midwest. It was 73 on Thursday. It was 38 on Friday. I mean, talk about a huge difference. And we had, you know, little snow flurries over the weekend, had a little bit of coverage. You can see, you know, a little winter wonderland going on out there when five days ago it was 78 degrees outside. You're outside in shorts and sandals. Uh, and everything, and now you're buttoned up all the way up to your nose uh, with everything you got winter-wise. So, yeah, not surprising that somebody might be sick. Uh, the most disheartening thing is Tevin Jenkins has still not practicing, did not practice yesterday or today with that hip injury that kept him out versus Detroit. This is an important loss if he doesn't play again. Um, you know, hopefully he'll try to, you know, make a go of it uh, tomorrow and, and get himself out there. Because uh, we need him and his tenacity to help out with Grady Jarrett uh, on Sunday. I mean, that's, that's one of the big things I'm definitely worried about uh, coming up. Uh, Cole Komet with that thigh injury, um, that one play in the fourth quarter on the last drive. Uh, I've seen the All-22 uh, version of it. And what happened was, Jeff, I believe it was Jeff Okuda, um, was he crossed paths with Komet and they banged legs, you know, knees or whatever, whatever it was. If that hadn't happened, Justin Fields was going to hit Cole Komet for a touchdown because Cole Komet was so wide open. It was ridiculous. As soon as he clears Okuda, he's wide open. And I think Justin Fields saw it happen because if you go back and you look, he made a really like, like he was in his windup and right before he was supposed to let go, he held back because I think he saw like in that moment, just as he was about to let go, that's when Okuda and Komet crash into each other. 
and Komet goes down like a ton of bricks and, and Fields didn't want to put the ball out there. Instead, it just comes flying out of his just comes flying out of his hands when he was trying to pull it back in and fell incomplete. But uh, you know, if you go back and you look at the all twenty two, it was it was very similar to the touchdown throw uh, to Komet. Was he was coming across from the opposite side of the field, going from the left side of the formation across the field to the right. And uh, he, if if he doesn't run into Okuda, he's wide open. Fields delivers the football. It, it, at the very least, it's a huge play, if not a touchdown, because he, I believe, he would have only had like one man to beat to score a touchdown uh, on that play. You know, and like I said, it's either a huge play that puts us in field goal range, or he goes in for a touchdown. It was a real unfortunate moment when they ran into each other uh, like that. But he was out on Wednesday. Was limited today. Uh, on Thursday, so we're trending up. Hopefully, he'll be good to go uh, on Sunday. Montgomery took a had a person was out with on a personal day for something on uh, Wednesday, but was full go again today. So no worries there. Alkadi Muhammad still nursing the knee injury has not practiced yet this week, and Kindleville Door went from no practice on Wednesday to limited on Thursday with the ankle injury that kept him out of the Detroit game. So. See if we'll be getting some guys back. Uh, the Bears, like I said, claim Dustin Lane off of waivers from the Giants, so maybe we put him out there uh, and, um, you know, at least to have some depth uh, behind, you know, Jalen Jones and, and Lamar Jackson uh, in the secondary uh, to help out there. So we'll uh, keep an eye on this uh, tomorrow especially. I want to see what's going on with uh, Tevin Jenkins and, uh, you know, Kokomet. You know, limiteds, I, I would think it was probably more of a bruise than an actual injury, but one of those really deep bruises, especially with the way they crashed into uh, each other. You know, big old Charlie Horse and, you know, big big bruise and, 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 you know, big deep one for them running across the field at full speed, banging into each other in such an awkward uh, way. But, um, you know, we'll see how Nikhil Harry shakes out and, and uh, you know, Kyler Gordon is full go, so he's no worries uh, there and then, like I said, Montgomery was out with a, on a personal day Wednesday, full go today on Thursday, so we're good to go. Uh, is there as well? So, the people to keep an eye on when the designations come out today on Friday is uh, Tevin Jenkins and Cole Komet. You know, are they questionable? Are they doubtful? Are they full go or whatever? We'll have to wait and see. So, but if, if we lose uh, Tevin Jenkins for another game. It could be, uh, could be a long afternoon, especially for our interior offensive line uh, against the Falcons. So, Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for news and notes. Let's go ahead and bring in our, our guest, Rock, from uh, Sports Drinks. What's up, Falcons? And again, Juan will apologize <laughs> for the sound uh, of the interview. I got my channels uh, mixed up. It was me that had to be raised up and Rock that had to be lowered, and I did the opposite. That's my fault. Uh, I will remember to do the opposite. <laughs> I'll remember to do it correctly uh, next time. So uh, give it your best and uh, enjoy the interview. It's a fun conversation if you can stick it out. And uh, here he is. It's uh, Rock from What's Up Falcons to help preview Week 11 Bears Falcons. Number 11, after two straight home losses, sends our beloved Chicago Bears out on the road. Maybe they'll have 
some better luck. I mean, we won our last game on the road in New England a few weeks ago, so why not try our chances in Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday when we take on the Atlanta Falcons? And here to help us preview Bears-Falcons for this Sunday from Sports Drinks, What's Up Falcons podcast, it's my boy Rock. How we doing, Rock? Hey, man, what's happening, man? Good to be back here with you. Yeah, can you Once again, it's been five and a half months already since we talked? I know, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it was like the, the first week in, in June, and here we are, you know, was today the 16th of November, recording this on Wednesday night. So, yeah, five and a half yeah. months since we last had a chat, you know, previewing the season. And then, you know, when I, when I talked to you guys over the summer, mm-hmm. the let's just say optimism wasn't high uh, <laughs> going into the season. And then the Falcons just kind of surprised Mm-hmm. Everyone hanging in, hanging in games that they thought they'd get blown out in and, you know, actually winning a few here and there. And, and up until last week when, when Brady and, and the Seahawks won in, uh, won in, in, in Munich, you guys were mm-hmm. in first place. I mean, it's, it's crazy how the South Division is kind of working out. But, you know, there was first place Falcons there for a little while. It was, man. But I don't know if that says a lot about the Falcons or the division. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you were the four and five first place Atlanta Falcons, but <laughs> hey, man, you guys are in the playoffs and you're hosting a playoff game. There's not much to complain about there, you know? <laughs> well, we're not there yet, man. Right. Slow down. Slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, unfortunately, you're a, you're a game back because you you lost to Carolina last Thursday and, uh, you know, Brady and company seem to be rejuvenated after they beat the, the Rams uh, a couple weeks ago. They went out in Munich and, and beat a team that was playing way better football than them out there. That's true. That's true, man. But not, you know, not to talk about the uh, Brady as much, but after the news I heard today, maybe uh, we may have a chance since he has uh, lawsuits headed his way. So uh, another distraction. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because when he was going through the whole stuff with uh, Giselle, they were on a what, three, four game losing streak, the first in his career. So <laughs> exactly. maybe he get some more allegations thrown at him and be like, oh, no, all of a sudden they're five and nine. What happened? You know? <laughs> We can only pray <laughs> from a football perspective. Obviously we don't want exactly. Tom Brady, you know, you know, in jail or nothing like that. Oh no, no, not no, at all. Not no, at all. No, no, of course Never. No. <laughs> so, but I mean, both of our teams, mine and yours are kind of having this crazy, you know, up and down year or, you know, where you were one week, you think you've got the team figured out and then they play again. And it's like, Nope, that wasn't like what I thought it was going to be at all. So, I mean, yeah. It's it's been one of those years, you know, for you guys. I mean, starting out, I mean, at, at least you, it's not boring no, for you guys. Not... I mean, week one, they have that big lead in the fourth quarter. Right. The, the Saints come back and, and, and win. And then week two, uh, where we go? Sorry, there we go. Week two, you're, you're out in L.A. They yeah. get out to a big lead. You guys almost come back uh, and win that one. Right. And then you actually beat Seattle in Seattle. No one saw that one coming. Right. And um, and then the week after that, you beat Cleveland. I did pick you guys to win that one. That was, you know, it's like it's the Browns for Pete's sake. But, you know, <laughs> then, dude, let's talk about that. That's the game I want to talk about first is that Tampa Bay game. Oh, God. With the <laughs> with the worst roughing the passer call I've seen ever. I mean, and I know that the NFL was on a hot streak because there were a few of them that yeah. week in particular. But where they're saying that, that Grady Jarrett slammed Brady to the ground to draw a flag, absolute bananas. I mean, I was that was the game that kind of switched on after I was done with my game. And right. I, so I got to see that carnage unfold. And I was like, there's no way 
They mm-hmm. flagged him. They're they're flagging Brady for unsportsmanlike conduct because he's talking trash to the right. ref, and somebody's finally called him out. They're like, nope, Grady Jarrett, 15 yards, fresh set of downs, ball game over, Tampa Bay wins. It's like, you know, <sighs> dude, really, man, that was such a bad call. It was a very bad call, and it hurts on so many levels, man, because, A, Jerome Boger, the ref, it's from Atlanta for number one. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he won't be welcome home anytime soon. No, not, not at all. Even some of the fans knew his wife, Uh-oh. and she's like a teacher, and some of their kids have been taught by her. So it's like, come on, Jerome. And then two, Brady's crying for calls, and he got him. Right. And then three, he actually committed a penalty, a personal uh, penalty against Brady by trying to kick him. Right. In in the Nats, right. which he, you know, which he got, you know, a fine for. Right. Yeah, but no flag. He got fined nope. for it, but no flag. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so yeah, that one really burned us. You know. That hurt us a lot, but you know, we just get up and we 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 go back out there. Right, and and the Brady being fined is the equivalent of, uh, you know, the NFL apologizing to the Bears for missing that pass interference call against the Dolphins. Exactly, that, that would have put us in field goal range to tie it up late our, late in the ball. It's like, yeah, a lot of good that does us now. Thanks exactly. For, thanks for admitting that you blew the call, but we still <laughs> lost the game. Thank you very much. So. I know, man. They need to do something with that, man. At least have those guys. It has to be consistent across the board. I mean, I knew it was a new kind of, they were real sensitive since the whole Tua incident. But it needs to be a little more consistent than that, man. I think something just happened recently. I don't know if it was Sunday. I forgot what call it was. Maybe it was a Sunday night call. But it was something similar where it's like, that's not a personal hit, man. He got pushed into it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the last play of the game against the the Falcons and the, or excuse me, the 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 Eagles and the uh, Commanders. Yeah, where, exactly. Where Heineke gives himself up, and then it's like another full second before the referees finally blow the whistle. Right. And then they call dude for for crashing into Heineke because he stopped when the whistle was blowing, not when Heineke gave himself up. Exactly. Exactly. So they need to work on that consistency stuff, man, because you know that's not cool. <laughs> Yeah, one of the local shows that I listened to for the Bears, um, one of their guests was like, you know, I've always been a big advocate for the NFL having a sky judge, Mm -hmm. someone who's at the game that can say, hey, you missed this call or no, that call was wrong or, you know, that kind of thing. Not not even not having anything to do with replay, but having to do with there's an official that can see everything as opposed to the seven that are on the field that can just see their designated area because the thing that's really stinging especially for us spare fans is that mm-hmm. the two no pass interf- new call no calls that we've gotten with the pass interference was an official right, right there right. literally right there seeing everything unfold and they're saying that the referee is okay because you know like the action is coming towards him he doesn't have the angle that we had at home so mm-hmm. that's why it's okay for him to miss the call it's like well, what about the other six dudes on exactly. the field one of them had to see it Exactly, because they saw that dude didn't throw the flag. Nobody else threw theirs. And, you know, that's not helping out the Bears. Not at all. Not at all. That's that's not a bad idea. Get a a sky uh, ref. Yeah, that's not a bad idea at all. I think they did it with the um, with one of the spring leagues, like the XFL or the AAF. One of the two had like a sky judge. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the problem with those leagues is that they never finish a damn season. But, you know, um (laughs) You know, until the USFL did it this past uh, spring. But, yeah, uh, you know, th- it seemed like an effective 
thing where if, uh, you know, an official missed this or he called this and it was like, actually, we took a look and it wasn't holding or it wasn't this or or whatever. It, but they also did it within the context of the game. It's not like they stopped the game to verify right. it. They used the time between plays or whatever to go ahead and do it. They never stopped the game to uh, to issue, you know, updates or corrections or anything like that. So maybe that's something the NFL uh, should look into. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's ever been brought up during the competition committee or anything, but it's something that, you know, sports writers and talking heads and everything have been talking about for a long time is to yeah. have the sky judge to kind of help the other guys when they miss a call or get one wrong, you know, it's Exi- just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that totally makes sense, man, because, you know, there's a lot riding on these games, man. And I mean, I, I know you shouldn't, uh, you know, games should never come down to a ref's call. I mean, I, I hear that all the time, but I mean, come on now. Some stuff like how are these guys are supposed to play if you, you, you know, calling hardcore uh, penalties and fines like that on how they're been trained to tackle on how to play, right. you know, stuff, some stuff you can't help. You know, you get help if you get pushed into a guy like that or you're trying to stop, you know. It's just ridiculous, man. They need to really work that out. So the the Tampa Bay, the the blown call there or the flag you shouldn't have gotten kind of thing. Right. Kicks off an interesting stretch of games uh, for the Falcons. They lost to Tampa Bay when when they, they were at the very least robbed of a chance to try to tie it and or win it. Then yeah. the following week, you beat the brakes off the 49ers. It's like, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Because we were pissed. All. Yeah. You know, you know, early, early, early touchdown on opening drive. You recover a fumble. Dude yeah. fumbles it into the end zone and you recover it anyway for yeah. another touchdown uh, and everything. Like San Francisco ties it up. And then in the second half, it's all Falcons dominate 28 14. You get the win there. And it's like, I got to admit, it was like I had the 49ers all day on that one. <laughs> and it was just like, I went back and, and watched the. Um, the highlights of that game. And I was like, Atlanta beat the crap out of San Francisco. Good it's guy. kind of payback though, for their coach. There you, you think go. about it. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. Costing us the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> so a week later, I pick you guys to beat Cincinnati. And then the opposite of the San Francisco game happens to you. Cause Burrow and, and chase and all those guys go nuts and put 35 points on you. Beat the brakes off us, man. Yeah. I, I will admit it. <laughs> And then next week, uh, you take on the Carolina Panthers for the first time and back and forth ball game. (laughs) And then the most insane ending to a football game I've seen in my life where DJ Moore makes this unbelievable catch in double coverage. Yeah, they're they're down 34, 28. PJ Walker tosses it out there. DJ Moore comes down with it. Yeah, I have never seen a player overshadow himself on the same play. (laughs) <laughs> you know he catches the touchdown he does this amazing yep. thing this this low percentage play he pulls yep. it off and then mm. in his celebration heaves his helmet off his head and gets flagged <laughs> for unsportsmanlike conduct yeah arthur smith the genius that he is instead of taking it off the kickoff takes it on the extra point our yep. old kicker eddie panero hooks it left we're going to overtime <laughs> now it's like i will be damned did you see that like if i hadn't seen it with my own eyes I wouldn't right. have believed because I was actually watching that live Yeah, it happened. That was the game that came on after the – speaking of beating the brakes off, the, after, the, <laughs> after the Cowboys got done putting 49 on the Bears, I yeah. got switched over to that game and got to watch that one unfold. I was like, that did not just happen. And then he threw his helmet. I was like, oh, no, 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 that's not going to be good. Look, there we go. <laughs> now we're going to overtime. 
Then yeah. Panera hooks a 33-yarder that could have won the game in overtime. And then your guy, he's like, remember that the ball goes through the uprights, not around him. And you guys win, that, win a crazy one in overtime. Uh, yeah, that man. One. That was the game that I at one point, man, you talk about having a heart attack watching a game. That's a game where I text, I tweeted out as I was watching the game, like, please make this stop. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't deal with it anymore, anymore man. Like, yeah. please make it stop. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just – and then just because, you know, like I, I, I stated, you know, a couple weeks ago after after this this next game, I was like, I'm afraid for the Bears to go to Atlanta because apparently only insane, batshit, crazy things happen in oh, yeah. Mercedes-Benz Stadium this year because <laughs> the following week you welcome the Chargers to town. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like the way the Chargers are playing right now. They are struggling hard. The Falcons yeah. coming, you know, emotional high off the crazy win over Carolina – Give me the Falcons. And this thing comes down to the end. And then another insane sequence takes place at the end of the game. Yep. You know, Eckler for the Chargers runs the ball. Looks yep. like he's got a knee down, fumbles. Uh, but the referees, God bless them, let him finish out the play. Yeah. Do you, what was the player's name? I, I never got what his name was, the one that picked up the fumble. Uh, what's his name? Oh my God, man. Oh, uh, I can't remember right now. Okay, uh, it's a, it's a deal. It's, it's, yeah. He picks it up. He's chugging his way down the field. He's, he's actually, have, yeah. yeah, he's gotten the ball into Charger territory. So at worst, maybe you need another first down to kick a field goal. Cause it was tied at 17 at the time. And yeah. then just out of nowhere, he just lets go of the ball and it just falls out of, cause I've seen the replay. I've seen the slow motion. Nobody's yeah. near him. Nobody's touching him. He doesn't bang the ball against his body or his thigh or anything. The ball just literally falls yeah, out of his hand. Yeah. And, he's, the, yeah. and the Chargers <laughs> recover it. See, he's. you can tell that he's a player that isn't used to having the ball. So when he had his chance to get the ball in his hands, he just didn't know what to do. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I couldn't believe that. But And here's what's, this is what's especially entertaining for me. You'll love this. Mm -hmm. is what I've been doing is, you know, for my NFL show is I watch the condensed version of the highlights on YouTube. Okay. So I'm watching like a 12, 12 and a half minute version of a three hour football game. And what they did was after Eckler fumbles the ball, your boy picks it up. He's chugging down the field. He gets across midfield. Ball flies out of his hands. The Chargers recover. Mm -hmm. It just flips immediately to the Chargers snapping the ball on the next play. Oh, so, no context whatsoever that, oh, there was a replay. It was looked upon. Nothing, nothing, nothing. in those highlights. So it was just like, wait, whoa, stop. <laughs> so Eckler did fumble the ball and that was all real. All of that yeah. was just like, oh, my God, because if if Eckler did, was down, we're inside the red zone or someplace close to the goal line. And instead, we're on the Chargers side of the 50 after they recovered the fumble. Yeah. Like, man. So that was all real. It wasn't, you know, like, oh, yes. we're just yes. letting them play out. We'll let the replay decide. It's like, nope. Knee nope. was knee was knee was about a, a, a scintilla of a centimeter <laughs> off the ground. The ball comes out. It all I was like, I could not believe that. I was like, man. And yeah. thanks for the people who put these clips together. They couldn't yeah. even show us a piece of a replay or anything like that. And it's like, nope, Chargers ball going back the other way. It's like, wow. <laughs> hey. Okay. So, yeah, man, that's that's insane. <laughs> so a couple plays uh, later, they hang on to the ball, kick the, the uh, field goal as time expires. And that's another one down the tubes 
for it, it was, and it's for weird because it's almost similar to what happened the week before in Car- with the Carolina game. Yeah, but so, the yeah. opposite result. Yeah, exactly. We got away with one there. Got away with one. <laughs> we did yeah. It this time. Yeah. And then football <laughs> gods got you back. Yeah. And then short break playing Carolina for only the uh, second time in what 10, 11 days on Thursday night, and right. uh, not quite the scoring shootout that it was the the first time around, but. Okay. Um, Carolina found its running game uh, yeah. against you guys. I mean, I don't. Was it the rain that helped them out most with that, or was it just the Falcons piling up on the mistake? Because uh, it was, it didn't count. But I saw Mariota hit the ground and, for some reason, <laughs> still throw the ball into the air. That obviously ended up in an interception. But thankfully, the referees were like, "Look, dumbass, you were down. You shouldn't have thrown the ball. We should just give it to him because you're oh. stupid. But legally, you were down, so we have to have the ball right there where it was." Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I, see that game. I watched that game out of town. I, I was out of town when that uh, last week. Uh-huh. So I, I was actually up in Maryland. So, um, you know, luckily it was a Thursday night game, so I could catch it up there on Prime. And right. I, I just, I just couldn't believe it, man. What I saw, man. I'm like, see, Marcus is like, uh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he's is 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 a love hate. We knew what we were getting when we when we when we we picked him. We had to get somebody. You know, yeah. we you know. Ryan let Ryan go and all that, and Marcus was the best option at the time. And to his defense, he has man really done more to keep plays alive than Matt Ryan sure, sure. As, was able to do with his legs, you know. But we're realizing why Marcus is who Marcus is, you know. Yeah. We're realizing why he was benched in what Houston, and um, yeah, man. And it's like the whole fan base here is screaming to bench him and put in our draft pick, Desmond Ritter, man. Yeah. They're screaming that, but Arthur Smith is just not trying to hear it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, because I've been doing the NFL show, I've been a bit more tuned in to league-wide things instead of just being focused on the Bears and whoever they're playing right. uh, this week. And, you know, a lot of times it's like, yeah, there's there's Heisman Trophy winner uh, Marcus Mariota doing things and, uh, you know, number two overall pick back in 2015. And then – couple plays later it's like oh yeah there's the guy that got benched for, for a Tannehill and, and run out of town in Tennessee you know, yeah the guy who got called in for gadget plays in Las Vegas when Gruden was coach and you yeah know, uh, and all that kind of stuff but it's like I've seen Mariota do a lot of really good things and I've yeah. also seen him lot do a lot of things where it's like yeah any minute now they're gonna be warming up that rookie because uh, <laughs> exactly can't have too much more of this yeah <laughs> and Thursday night was like the 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 you know the the greatest example of that you know mm-hmm. it's like oh man okay this experiment is over it's like what do we have to lose by not putting Ritter in you know right. we don't have anything to lose I mean I don't know Arthur keeps saying that he gives us the best chance of winning but I'm like clearly not because <laughs> you know we've lost two back to back so right. I don't know. Yeah, we were four and four and in first place. Now we're four and six, looking up at Tampa Bay, and uh, yeah, that's not. Uh, it's it's getting into the part of the season where you're running out of real estate exactly. for this particular uh, experiment. So exactly, it, man. Uh, and, and we need if and if going, you know, say we don't, you know, starting next season, a we cannot start with Marcus, and then b if you're going to put Ritter in as our starting quarterback next season, we need to see what he can do now. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Something tells me you guys go ahead and phone in a few more that uh, that'll probably be taking place. But um, I know that's 
at in current state, that's not a spot you want to be in. It's like I know you want to see the kid play uh, and right. everything, but according to way uh, the the way that Oscar uh, Oscar Arthur Smith uh, is running things, if Desmond Ritter is is taking the taking the field, either mm-hmm. Mariota's gone down or the season has gone down the tubes, and now it's time to get ready for twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that, of course, that's when it's going to happen. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it's fine. But don't get us excited like this. Like, we can actually, you know, it seems like we can actually go far this season. And, you you know, you tease us like that. And then we want to keep the momentum going. But now we're starting to let it slip through our hands. So, like, try anything, man. If we can do it this year, get as far as we can, man, let's – why not try it, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, man. <laughs> so, so tell me, what what is the cause? I mean, if if there is one or if there are a hundred, what's the cause well, for the for the up and down season? Because, like, remember, I said it's like you go to Cincinnati and mm-hmm. they, they embarrass you guys, and then you come home and tear tear one of the what was thought of one of the Super Bowl favorites, tear them to pieces in San Francisco uh, the week after that. Is is it a home away thing? Is it you know? No, is it a matchup thing? Or, you know, what's the deal? We don't have pass rush. Well, that's wow. the biggest thing. He's preaching to the choir, brother. On that one, <laughs> Mariota ain't got to worry about a damn thing on Sunday as far as pressure is concerned. So, yeah, yeah, exactly, you know, man. It's like I'm, I'm worried about Grady Jarrett, or you know, you know, and and what he can do, especially if Tevin Jenkins doesn't play because he was out with a hip injury last week. If yeah. he's not there to help, you know, in the interior, then Grady Jarrett might be eating all day uh, against our offensive line. I don't know, but it's like Mariota, he ain't got much to worry about as far as pass rush on Sunday. Exactly. So it seems like it's going to be a high-scoring game. Why not? For both I mean, teams, you know. I'll take it. Sure. Because you guys, I mean, you know, at quarterback, you guys are pretty much set. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to be an interesting day. It's pretty great to be a Bear fan and have a quarterback. It's like I haven't <laughs> known what this was like since we had McMahon, and McMahon couldn't stay healthy. So yeah. <laughs> like, we knew we had a, a great quarterback in McMahon. It's just that he was constantly hurt or injured or, you know, Missing eighty yeah. percent of the season and all the rest of that stuff, man. It's just Fields. On the other hand, is a he's a monster. And see, and that's monster. what happened to us with Joe Burrow, man. With yes, about Cincinnati, man. Yeah. Joe just picked us apart, dude. We 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 couldn't do anything with him. And and we have uh, AJ uh, Terrell. AJ Terrell is injured, but I've heard today that he he was at practice, so there's a good chance he'll be back. But losing him and our uh, other corner man, that has really set our secondary back. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, we got these guys, you know, off the bench, but they're, as we, as you can see, as soon as that, those injuries happen, yeah. it's when we started to tank. And so the combination of that, and then Marcus just, you know, panicking on the pressure and just throwing up crap, it's taking the whole team back, you know, and then um, put on no uh, pass rush, no pressure at all. Yeah. You know, that's pretty much a recipe for disaster. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, (laughs) this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground T-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit 
Our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstalk Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> My football team has been averaging 31 points a game for the last four weeks, and we lost three of them because uh, we can't pressure the quarterback. Yeah. And because we can't pressure the quarterback, these wide receivers have all day to run into a zone where nobody is. Yeah. And catch a seven-yard pass and turn it into 22 yards. Yeah. I mean, that's what's been happening to us over and over. It happened against Dallas with C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we had double threat against the Dolphins with Hill and Waddle. And then yeah. last week, Amon Ra St. Brown for the for the Lions over and over, you know, like seven catches for 143 yards type of days. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like that's, you're, so you're making your catch, and then you're also adding like another 10, 15 yards to it, you know, after that. it's That's what's yeah. been happening to the Bears because we can't get to the quarterback, and the secondary can only cover for so long. It's, you know – there's always been that chicken in the egg question about defense. Does the secondary make the pass rush better or does the pass rush make the secondary better? Well, I think we're both living in a world right now. Where <laughs> yeah. The pass rush has to, is, is, is making the secondary worse. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not getting home. Therefore our guys can't cover forever. They're getting carved to pieces back there. Exactly. I mean, I, I think our secondary did help Grady Jarrett and those guys a lot a lot better when we had them out there, especially with AJ uh, Terrell out there. Uh-huh. And uh, so, the, I mean, the little the few sacks we did get in those first few games, you know, that was like amazing. At that point, I, I thought I'm like, oh, we got it now. We figured it out. We finally have a pass rush. But then it, you know, we, I guess it it got exposed. So uh, we're pretty much set, man. It's going to be an interesting game, but I, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a advantage just due to Phil's, you know. Because feels yeah. at least he can get the ball <laughs> to where it needs to be instead of giving it away. Yeah, I mean, if you guys can figure out how to stop him, um, you got the game won. So, yeah. I mean, we're number one in rushing in the league because of him. Right. Because if you go back, I mean, yeah, Montgomery and Herbert have both had outstanding games mm-hmm. uh, this year, but neither one of them has had a day like Fields has had for the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and everything. 178 yards against the Dolphins, 147 against the Lions. This, that's back-to-back, dude. Yeah. Back-to-back. Just crazy. And then crazy. on top of it, he threw three touchdowns against the Dolphins and then ran for two and threw for two against the Lions. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and our defense, if our defense could show up one time, we win those games. We wow. win both. You know, because they marched up and down the field, scored whatever points they wanted, and boom, in the end zone, you know, just about every single time. And it's like if we get one stop, we win the game. Yeah. Because it's like all the points that the Bears have scored have all come from the offense. It's not, oh, here's a special teams touchdown or here's a pick six or something outside of the offense. It's all been the offense that scores. And and when the Bears score 30 points traditionally Mm – Devin Hester ran two of them back for a touchdown. We got a pick six or a fumble recovery, and maybe the offense threw in seven or ten points. That's right. how the Bears traditionally score 30 points in a game. They get a lot of help from defense and special teams, not because they were running it up and down the field and scoring on every opportunity they touched the ball. So, I mean, this is – we're in we're in you know uncharted waters as far as Bear fans 
uh, right. are concerned. Watching our offense legitimately put up 30 points a game these last four weeks. I mean, the last four weeks we have the number one offense in the NFL. That's bananas. <laughs> bananas. I, mean, you know? I know, man. It, it, the similarities are is just uncanny, man. That was when we were at our heyday, man. Uh, we were, we were an offense first team. I mean, our defense held on, but – you know, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, um, all those guys we had, man, during that Super Bowl run in 16, man, it, we were outscoring, you know, just keeping us in those games where we were scoring because our defense was trash. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, unfortunately, that, that didn't rear its ugly head until the second half of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I'm, exactly. not, I'm not the one to, to rub in 28-3, but it's, I'm not that guy, even though I just brought it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, well, thank you. you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> I was rooting heavy for the Falcons, so I obviously I don't feel the pain on the on the level that I'm sure you felt it. But it was just Man. like I did not want to see Brady and company win another one. I really would yeah. have liked to see like, hey, that's different. The Falcons won instead of the Patriots winning again. Uh, I felt that. Thing. I felt that with a lot of different fans, man. Yeah. I think more more people were rooting for the Falcons to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. And then it all came crashing down it's like no no no, not again not again please not again oh god they did it i gotta listen to this for six more months until the next season starts about how great tom brady is i can't i can't so yeah well we yeah how long ago has that been that's been well it's over six Six years years now now? yeah six and and we still can't leave it down man it's it's a it's a big curse that's over our head man (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's the fun thing about uh, about Twitter is that I see daily references to twenty eight three from every Saints fan that I follow or, or writer or podcaster or whatever always has some reference to uh, twenty eight. Hell, I even saw uh, a Falcons person um, yeah. reference it. Uh, uh, Gianna Kelly. Yeah, uh, like Gianna, she, yeah. She did. She did something, or she she ran something, and the the distance was two point eight three. Miles yeah. or something like we can't get away from it. It's never. It's always going to be there. Uh, yeah. Kind of thing. And it's like, aren't you not supposed to bring that up? I don't know. I, it's a, I don't think it's funny yet. So yeah. You know, not the I mean, so you have to laugh about it though, man. Sure. If you don't, <laughs> you yeah, know, you're gonna have a hard time. You will sit there and cry unmercilessly yeah. over and over again. Well, I mean, think about us in 2018. You know, double doink. Yeah. I still wake up screaming. So <laughs> yeah. You know, over and over again, the best team that I've seen the Bears put on the field in a long time. Got, yeah, got taken down because of some crappy ass kicker. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I felt for you guys too, man. <laughs> yeah, that one hurt. That one hurt. Yeah, bad, man. It's like, yeah, I, especially for me. Number one, it had been a while since we had a good football team, and number two, it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah. And and the thing that I said over and over again is like, never mind Super Bowl run or or anything like that. It's like I wasn't done watching this team play yet. Right. You know, I was like, I wasn't done watching them play, and they went ahead and. You yeah, know, as a team, they collectively choked in that one, and it's just like, damn it. But you know what, though? At least you guys have a Super Bowl victory, man. We still don't have one. We do. Most <laughs> of the people that I have on my show weren't alive right. when it happened. I was seven years old, so I remember that day. <laughs> yeah. I remember it quite vividly, uh, actually. Even for a seven-year-old, I remember everything about that day, and I just, uh, you know, but I was a boy, literally. I was seven when the Bears <laughs> won the Super Bowl. That was a long time ago, man. That Thirty-seven was, years now. That uh, refrigerator, right? Oh yeah, the fridge. Yeah, we, we are the, what the shuffling crew. What's the song? We are the we shuffling. are the Bears shuffling crew. Shuffling crew. Shuffling <laughs> down. Doing it for you, man. I had the record and everything. That was it hot, was, man. I remember was. back then. I mean, I was a kid too, and uh, you know, especially Perry coming from Clemson, and I'm from oh, Anderson. Sure. 
Yeah. And, and which is right next to Clemson. So that was a big thing for us back then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy time, man. Chicago, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Chicago and so I was there in the heart of it when it was all happening and you could not escape them. Could yeah. not escape them. I mean, and they were a national sensation and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, but it's like every player on the team, you'd hear them on the radio for some car commercial or some, yeah. everybody was cashing in. I mean, it was I know. crazy. You know? I think even Coca-Cola, I think didn't Coca-Cola oh, yeah. have something with it that oh, yeah. you can under the caps or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they did something like that. McDonald's had a thing where they were giving out um, like playing cards. They yeah, had yeah. action photos in them. And if and they, they had like a little what if scenario on the bottom. If the Bears win by this much, you get a free large fry or something. Yeah. Like we used to collect those uh, collect those cards. My dad and I wow. did that year. It's like I even remember there was a McDonald's commercial. Yeah. The only two people I know for a fact were in it were the fridge mm-hmm. and Dan Hampton. Oh, wow. The fridge, oh, wow. uh, you know, the, but it was like six or seven players, but those are the only two I remember for a fact being in that commercial and the fridge was the rookie. So he yeah. had to clear the table. So he stands <laughs> up and takes the table with him and everybody's like, fridge, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> I just, that's what I remember about that commercial. Oh. Dan Hampton was in it. The fridge was in it. And he was the rookie, so he had to clean the table. And he picked up the table and walked away with it. You know? so, oh, man. I think even the fridge during that time even got a cartoon character of him on the G.I. Joe series yeah, he in had the a 80s. G.I. Joe, uh, Joe figure. He was at WrestleMania, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Rest- he was in the Battle Royal for WrestleMania uh, and everything. <laughs> My dad let me stay up late to watch him on David Letterman. Uh, oh, wow. Went on there that one time. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was quite a feat for a seven-year-old staying up to like midnight to watch the fridge. Exactly. Uh, exactly, man. So, so even though it was a long time ago, you guys have great memories. Absolutely. Only memory that we have is 28-3. Yeah. <laughs> and that debacle in the 90s. I don't even want to talk about that. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was a fun team, the Dirty Birds. Oh, yeah. So they were, Favorite team so far. Yeah. By they far. Were, they were a lot of fun. Um they ruined what I thought could have been one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time uh, yeah. with the with the Vikings and the and the Broncos. But, hey, <laughs> blame it on Gary Anderson. You know, talk exactly. about hooking field goals, man. <laughs> you made 78 in a row and you missed that one? Way to go. Yo. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Sunday. Okay. What are you guys looking looking for uh, in, in, in this one? You're at home. You tend to play better uh, at home than you do on the road. Or at least your win-loss record dictate, dictates that, uh, at Di- least. You well, know. this year. <laughs> well, this year, yeah. But you, you play better at home than you do uh, on the road. The, the Bears are struggling to mm-hmm. to close, and they, they really can't stop anybody. So who on offense should we be worried about besides – we know Cordell Patterson. We know him well. So outside oh. of him, who else you got? Oh, we got Huntley. Who's uh, our, our backup? I mean, his second uh, uh, running back, uh-huh. and uh, he's been a beast. He's he's kind of to me. I think he's a hybrid between uh, Devontae Freeman and uh, um, the guy we uh, what's his name, Michael Turner. Okay, I think he's a perfect hybrid with that. We got uh, Algier. Uh, he's an uh, Tyler Algier, and uh, he's the beast as well. Don't forget about Drake London, man. Right. Drake has those those hands, man, and he can he, you know he takes a licking, but man, he for for our, our draft pick, man, our top draft pick, that dude is lived up to the entire hype. So you got those guys, and if we can get 
of Kyle Pitts, you know, get him going again and give him more receptions, then uh, if him and Marcus can get it together, man, he's definitely a beast as a tight end. So uh, we got some, you know, we got some offensive players to watch out for. So is that more on on Mariota, like him not getting the ball there or him not finding Pitts? Because all I'm hearing about, and and I only hear it about as far as like a fantasy perspective is concerned, but, you know, Kyle Pitts isn't the the player that, you know, or at least production-wise isn't the player that you guys wanted, or he isn't this year because he had a pretty good rookie season uh, last year. But it's like he's not, you know, putting up the numbers that you guys want and or need right now is that more on Mariota is it a scheme thing is it is Pitts just having a sophomore slump what do you think it is uh I mean it's a that's a good question I mean it's it seems to be a combination of of, of all that and I, and I know uh, Marcus was talking about it here locally after one of uh after which game was that um it may have been the Cincinnati game but uh they were, and they were asking him you know can you guys why can't you know you get you and Pitts get more you know get in, in line tune. So he's like, you know, he's, he's looking for him and they're trying to make it work. But I think I'm thinking it's falling a little bit more on Marcus because, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's a good question. I, I, I really can't give you a one solid answer. No. You know, you can blame coaching, you know, we're like, you know, we picked them number one in the draft and we're not using him. What do we have him for? Right. And then I'm hearing some folks are saying, is he a bust? I don't think he's a bust. I just no. think it's scheme, and I think it's just him and Marcus is not are not on the same page right right now. And then what's happening with um, uh, uh, I don't know. Man. I, I, I think those two are the biggest culprits. But someone else would say something different. You know, sure. if one of the other guys were on, they would probably say something different. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's you know, what I think. You, you know? know, the thing is, I mean, you're talking about the, how the how our teams mirror each other. You sound like me early yeah. in the season when Justin Fields was going, you know, 10 for 23 for like 79 yards and an interception in the passing game. It's like after watching the preseason and the way that the offense progressed, it looked like they were really tight and ready to go at the end of the third preseason game. I mean, Justin Fields threw three touchdown passes and four drives. I mean, the offense was really humming. Granted, it's preseason, but it's like week one, they struggled. Week two, they did better. Week three, they were fantastic. Fast forward, right. you know, 10, 11 days later when the when the 49ers come to town, it's like all of a sudden it looked like we were starting over again. Right, You know, right. like Fields can't find anybody. We're right. sticking heavily with the run game, and it's just like – and that went on for weeks. And yeah. we struggled to score points for weeks because the yeah. defense didn't really start falling apart so we started trading away people. And yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's when we started giving up but, points because the last, the last game that the mm-hmm. defense was together, all of, all of them together – Roquan and uh, Robert Quinn was when mm-hmm. we beat the Patriots because we right. traded Quinn after that game. Then we give up 49 to the Cowboys. Then we trade Roquan, and then it's been 35 and 31 uh, against the uh, Lions and, and, and Dolphins ever since. I mean, right. we were struggling before we traded mm-hmm. them, but not like that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It's, but it's like offensively, even when the defense performing, because we, we held – Washington on that abysmal Thursday night game to 12 points and we still mm. lost. Yeah. You know, we just, we still lost the game. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. So, yeah. but then we finally discover our offense and our defense goes completely down the tubes. It's like, okay, so I guess we just can't win. 
this year. <laughs> I'm glad we I'm glad we all came into us knowing that we were rebuilding here. Otherwise, I'd be really upset. So, <laughs> exactly, man. Know. That's that's kind of the sentiment here, man, because we knew it was a rebuild. Everyone knows what we've been through over the last few years. Yeah. You know, the whole Deshaun Watson controversy and, and Ryan and, and, you know, of course, Julio's, you know, going, you know, leaving and and all that kind of stuff. So we knew going in this season, we're like, okay, it's Marcus Mariota. We know it's a rebuild, even though they won't say it's a rebuild. It's totally a rebuild. And we're like, we're just going to see how far we're going to get. Granted, we've played a lot better than most people have thought we could play. Agreed. So there, there's yeah. some positive that we definitely see, even if the year doesn't pan out the way we want it. But we get we want it so bad here, man. We get excited when the team starts to achieve as well as they have. And then when we have these setbacks, like the, the Cincinnati game, totally got our ass handed to us, break speed off us. But that Saints game could have been we could have a, a winnable game for us. Mm-hmm. We know that Tampa Bay could have been a winnable game for us, yeah. man. I would even go to say the L.A. the Rams game could have been a winnable game for us. Sure. It's not like we were blown out, you right. know. It's thirty-one to twenty-seven. So most of these games that we're losing outside of Cincinnati, we could have won. We could have won. Carol beat Carolina, man. Mm-hmm. Thursday night. It's that's the thing that kills us here, man. We're like, okay, if we're a bad team. We can live with that more. We're getting blown out because we know we're starting over and all that. Yeah. But we're in these games, man. And, you know, we're doing dumb things like letting the ball go. <laughs> we're trying to run it back to the house and no one touches you and all this stuff. So it's just that stings even harder. It's like yeah. we can't get over, over, you know, out of our own way sometimes. That's the way it seems. Right. And, and the other way to look at things like that, because that's what we're experiencing here yeah. uh, in Chicago is – you know, these things are correctable. Right. And another off season, like, especially for the bears, we got a full slate of draft picks. We only had five last mm-hmm. year. We got eight. So we got one extra and the highest cap space in the league going into the off season. The mm-hmm. talent deficit can, at least we can start closing the gap, if not close it completely. You exactly. Know, we've seen that happen from time to time. And, you know, the mistakes that we're making are correctable. I mean, look at the dolphins yeah. last year. They lost like most of the one one score games they were in. Now they're winning those games. Yeah, and that's exactly. the difference between being eight and nine, and right now they're what seven and two, seven and three. Right now they're yeah. in first place in the division, or they should be uh, mm-hmm. anyway. With Buffalo losing two games in a row now, but you know yeah. it's like it's it can turn around that fast. Yeah, you, you know, totally. You got some some things you change up to tighten this up, maybe plug in a guy that's better than the guy that was there last year. And the next thing you know, you're off to the, you're off to the races. So, I mean, it's, it's because we're both of us are playing, probably playing. I mean, I know that we are because everyone said we were going to be the worst team in the NFL this year and Mm -hmm. we're losing like that, but we're not playing like that. And that's kind of where the optimism for next year is. And And I'd say the same thing about you guys, you were supposed to be near the bottom of the barrel with us. We were. Yeah, totally. You know, your plan, you're four and six right now. You, you know, had us had a smell of first place for a while. So, you know what that was like, something to keep you hungry for this year and keep going, especially with still seven games to go. There's plenty of time to turn this thing around. And it's not going to take much to win the division. You got that going for you uh, as well. I mean, Tampa Bay is not going to rattle all all of them off and finish 12 and five. That's not going to happen. Right. 
So, right. you know, it may take nine or 10 games to win the division and that's not out of the realm uh, of possibility. So it's, yeah, it could happen, but it's, but it's also building this foundation where a few months from now, when the season over, we can sit down and be like, man, if you get the call here against Tampa Bay, that's a win. If you right. don't do this against the Saints week one, that's a win. If you don't yeah. do this here against the Carolina Panthers on Thursday, that's where the that's floodgates got open. That's a win. And that's exactly. three versus, you know, that's the difference between you guys being seven and two as opposed to, you know, seven and three versus four and six, like right. the, like the uh, Dolphins are right now. And the, we're saying the same thing right. on our end, you know, if – we get this, we get this call, we get, we tighten this up, we make this catch, you know, that kind of thing. We beat yeah. the commanders, we beat the dolphins, we beat the, the lions. That's the difference between five and four and three and seven, mm. you know, that kind of thing. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, it can turn around that fast. It doesn't take much, especially if you're building on a solid building on a solid foundation, which I think we both are right now. Cause yeah, we're playing definitely. well, well above the station that everybody had us in going into the season. Yeah, definitely. Got a lot of new young talent, good talent, man. So, you know, it's a lot to be optimistic about. And yeah. uh, it's just game by game. It still hurts, man. It oh, just sure. hurts when you yeah. when you have it and you see it slip away like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, like I said, I, I do the NFL show, so I make my picks every week. And unfortunately, I pick against the Bears most weeks. Oh. You know, just like I didn't pick them to beat the 49ers. It's like no way I thought that was happening. Right. You know, and it's like, I didn't think they'd beat the Patriots. And our favorite phrase in this podcast, we beat the brakes off those dudes, you know, <laughs> on national TV with the whole world watching. I was like, that felt pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone thought it was going to, you know, with Belichick only one game behind uh, Papa Bear Hallis for all time wins. It was like, he's going to get it against the Bears. Ain't this a bitch? It's like, nope. <laughs> we denied him that for at least one week. He had to do it against the Jets the next week. Didn't do it against us. Thank yeah. you very much. You know, that one felt good. And Oh, yeah. And then watching Fields go bananas these last four weeks yeah. uh, with, with the points and making better throws and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, ooh, we got a quarterback. And not only do we think so, everyone else does too. And that's what's different. Exactly. You know, it's like, hey, exactly. Jay Cutler, he's doing things. And the rest of the league's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, but now it's like, hey, look at Justin Fields. And everybody else is like, I know, right? Look at this guy. You know, oh, man. So I, that makes me a little mad and envious too, man, because we had a chance to draft him before oh, you guys. Me, <laughs> that, I mean, that's where Bear fans are like, you know what? There is a God in heaven because <laughs> there are so many teams that need a quarterback now, and a lot yeah. of them had a chance to draft Justin Fields, and they didn't. Yeah. You know, and we still had to trade over people who needed a quarterback or one and one or could really use him now. And, you know, like we got him. And everybody's talking about, I mean, did you hear, uh, I think it was Dan Orlovsky was like, yeah, Justin Fields should be in the MVP discussion. I was like, okay, yeah, slow down. <laughs> okay. Maybe in the discussion, like exactly. maybe he gets a vote from like a local, a local reporter in Chicago, <laughs> right. but not like Justin Fields for the six and 11 Chicago bears should be the MVP of the league. It's like, let's slow down. Yeah, slow okay. it down. <laughs> he's playing outstanding football. You don't have to over-exaggerate and say he's playing better than anybody in the league uh, right. right now. It's just, you know, go back and look at the first six weeks. That would take him out of discussion right there. Exactly. You know, it would be exactly. over with right there. So, <laughs> but tell me, 
Mm-hmm. You guys are four and six right now. If if let's say Tampa Bay had the season everyone was expecting them to have, and they're seven and three, eight and two right now, you guys are four games back with only seven to play. Where do you think you guys would be mentally as far as like, hey, this is going to be a hell of a solid quarterback draft. Maybe we mm-hmm. should let a couple get past the goalie so we're in position to draft one of these guys next year. Um, you know, we got half a part of the fan base. You know, thinking that, you know, because, um, of course, we were no one, we were, you know, we don't want to keep Mariota, definitely. Right. And Ritter, in our, in our preseason game, we saw, you know, some very good signs from him. Sure. We don't, not to say that he will be the guy going forward, but we saw some great possibilities there. That's another reason why the fan base are screaming to put him in now. You know, we want to see. And if it doesn't work out, you know, if he's making rookie mistakes, he's a rookie. It's better than having the guy who's been in the league for a while making rookie mistakes, you know. (laughs) And then we're sitting pretty decently when it when it comes to the draft. Thanks to uh, was it for the Julio trade or I forgot what the one of the draft picks we had. We traded with uh, I don't know if it was from Julio or for Matt, but we're sitting at a. I think we're going to be sitting pretty well to move up to try to get someone else if we think that we really need to pick a, a quarterback. So, I mean, the fan base hasn't really been beating that drum a lot lately since, uh, you know, the, the season has started and, sure. and uh, Marcus has been doing okay up until late. But uh, I guarantee you if we put Ritter in and it's kind of, this, you know, a bad situation, they're definitely going to be like, uh, we need to go ahead and position ourselves to get another quarterback in here. Yeah. But they're also saying, you know, if, if I know this is not going to happen, but if Baltimore doesn't pay that man up there, we'll be more than happy to see what we can do to bring him down here. Where is he from down there? No, uh, Lamar's – where is Lamar from? I, I don't know he where Florida? he's from. I want to say he's from Florida or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think yeah. I think he may be from Florida. But we would love to have him here. Yeah. Because I think it was like Sean Payton was on the Manning cast for one of the Monday night games. I think it was Baltimore last week when they played the Saints. And yeah. And he was like, well, I'm going to be a free agent next year, and he's going to be a free agent next year. So it was like, <laughs> okay. It's like I can already hear, you know, Sean Payton's no no, uh, no stranger to, to you know, infringement and exactly. you know, doing things not the right way. It's like, yeah, just – you know, just get the whole collusion case just wrapped up right now and go ahead and start talking about how you've been talking to him on the phone and see how that goes. Exactly, but, uh, exactly, man. Yeah. But, yeah, it would be it would be quite the thing, you know, yeah. to, to come out on the short end of the Atlanta, or excuse me, of the Watson uh, sweepstakes and then go ahead and, and, and land Lamar Jackson yeah. uh, instead. That would certainly open things up for you guys totally. big time. Yeah, uh, that that would yeah that would definitely open things up and really energize the fan base. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because you guys have uh, have gotten. I think you you've hit on at least your last two. Yeah, I mean it's and it's and now those are not easy picks to hit on the top ten mm-hmm. uh, picks. I mean, it's those are boom or bust. You never really see somebody in the middle, right? In the, in right. the top ten, you either hit on that pick or you don't, and you know because either that kid lives up to his potential. Or he doesn't. And when he doesn't, then that means he's playing for somebody else. Yeah. And when he's playing for somebody else, they, that rarely turns itself around with the change of scenery. It just doesn't happen. Very exactly. Often. Everybody wants to be optimistic about it, but it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, not very exactly. Often. So, exactly. You know, you got Pitts, 
And yep. once you guys get that guy back on his horse uh, yeah. again, and, you know, like you said, London's been doing beastly things uh, and everything for you guys so far. Yes. You know, it, it, it's not going to take much to take to take you guys from where you are to to where you want to be. Uh, yeah. And everything. So, I mean, one could argue you guys are just a quarterback uh, away. And, you know, I'm sure you would argue like at a quarterback and a defensive end and a linebacker and a cornerback. And yeah, we need to like get me. to the we need yeah. to get to the quarterback, man. Yeah. <laughs> Once so. we can put pressure, man, then that's going to open up so much for us. Right. So, I mean, that's what that's what we need. It's like with the Bears right now. Yeah, we're sitting at number six in the first round. Oh, and, wow. and at number six in the first round seems like one of those one of those animals down in the SEC could be, you know, rushing the passer for us yeah. uh, next year, whether it's Will Anderson or that kid from Georgia sure. or, oh, yeah. you know, or whatever. It's like those animals could be playing for us <laughs> next year doing crazy things. You're like, man, is that legal? What he just did to that dude? Like, oh, I don't see any flags, so I guess it was okay, you know. I know. We could use those. some more Georgia players for, on our team as well. Yeah. Some of that Georgia defense because Kirby's doing an incredible job down there, man. Yeah, there's he's got some he's got some boys down there, man, for sure. Oh yeah, so, totally. Um, well, I mean, I look forward to the game on Sunday because, quite frankly, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, you know, because and and I actually said this last week with my buddy when we we're doing the, the the Lions preview is that you know on one hand we have high expectations and on the other hand we both have units on the team we don't trust. Right. So it's like I can't trust my defense because my offense has scored 31 points a game the last four weeks, and we've lost the last three of those yeah. four games. So apparently scoring points, it takes more than just scoring points uh, yeah. to win football games. You actually have to outscore your opponent, and the defense has a hand in that. And lately exactly. they've been hands-off on, <laughs> on playing defense lately. So if you guys can get your your running game going, because you, you name what, you know, Patterson, uh, Patterson, Huntley. Huntley, Algier. There you go. And if you get yep. those guys going, it could be a yep. long day. And then once we're loading up the box, hey, look, there's Kyle Pitts or, you know, exactly. uh, London. Over London's open. It's like, oh, good God, here we go. <laughs> you know, and then Justin Fields has to break the scoreboard just to keep us in the game. So, yep, yep. You know. And our kicker, if we do, even though the last few games he's missed, you know, a few, but he's still money. We're, we're good at, at, at kicking too. You know, we've been really fortunate with our last three kickers, man. I, I will admit that they've kept us in a lot of games, especially in, in the previous years. Yeah. Once we got done paying for the sin of cutting Robbie gold. Yeah. Uh, we only paid for that one for about five seasons, but <laughs> um, you know, once we got Cairo Santos yeah. in, he's been money 90% of the, the time. I mean, every kicker is going to miss one here and there. Yeah. I really wish he hadn't missed that extra point on Sunday, though. But, uh, you know, yeah. it happens. But, totally. Uh, you know, same thing with us. We, it was like, we, yeah. Ever since we got our hands on Santos and put that whole thing to bed, that was been, <laughs> that's been a blessing for us. But uh, I still, I still well. have faith in him, man. Young Winku, I still, I, yeah. I, I, I put my trust in him. Even though he's missed, he missed three extra, extra points. He's missed uh, one, I think, the previous game. I still trust his, uh, that guy. Sure. Totally. So it was like, like I said, I don't know what to expect. I think, like you and I were saying before we started recording, was that there's probably going to be a lot of points scored. Oh yeah. in this game on Sunday because you're not seeing a whole lot of defense. No, yes. <laughs> you know, it, whether it's just because the Bears can't stop you guys and we have to answer, or, right. or however the case is, I think we're we're going to be looking at it a uh, maybe another exciting finish and hopefully something that can be even half as memorable as what's been happening down there 
in the Carolina game or the Charger game <laughs> or anything like that to have a crazy finish to talk about when it's all done. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, Rock, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Where can we keep up with you guys, uh, listen to the show, that kind of thing? Same where, man, same place at the What's Up Falcons on Sports Drink, or you can check us out on Twitter at, at What's Up Falcons, man. We're still around, so uh, give us a shout. There you go. Rock, thanks so much for joining us, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. No problem, Larry. Thanks for having me. Are you still there? If you are, you deserve a pat on the back and my intense gratitude for getting through the interview with the fluctuation of me being at normal, normal volume and then rock being through the roof and hopefully not splitting your eardrums too badly. Uh, I apologize and uh, I'll get that fixed for the next one. But, uh, you know, always, uh, always having a great time talking to uh, my fellow sports drink uh, members uh, and uh, Rock, the only one in the show able to join us uh, on Wednesday night when we recorded uh, the interview, and we had a great time. And uh, it is interesting how similar these two teams are as far as, you know, defense is a definite weakness. Pass rush is what's been killing us uh, so far. Solid in the running game, not so much in the passing game, even though we have some weapons. Theirs are better than ours for sure. Kyle Pitts and Drake London, their, t- their last two number one picks are – better than anything we've got so far. I mean, no, we don't have anything to sneeze at, though, especially with Chase Claypool, who's supposed to be seeing some more snaps on Sunday against the Falcons. Obviously, we have Darnell Mooney, uh, you know, and and, and emerging uh, Cole Komet, if he can go on Sunday, that would be fantastic as well. So it's not like we've got nothing uh, or anything, but, uh, you know, I would definitely rate Atlanta's weapons a little bit better than ours in the passing game anyway. I'll take our quarterback, though. So, well, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I don't think there's going to be a shortage of points uh, in this one. It, it may come down to whoever has the ball last uh, kind of thing, and uh, we'll see how it all uh, shakes out on Sunday. I look forward to it. So, and, um, you know, I mean, I'm just looking forward to the weekend in general because uh, I got an email just before I started recording saying that my uh, Super Deluxe Edition 40th Anniversary uh, Kiss uh, box set uh, is uh, has officially shipped and it will be here um, probably by the time most of you are listening to this on Friday. So uh, my Friday evening is spoken for because it's a box set of uh, 40th anniversary of the Creatures of the Night album, which is one of my favorites. Um, it's 103 total tracks on six CDs uh, and lots of swag goodies, including like an 80 pound, 80 pound, 80 page hardbound book of the making of the album and the tour and all kinds of photos and stuff like that. I can't wait to, uh, to dive into it. It will be here tomorrow and I can't wait. Uh, and then we got the bears uh, on Sunday. So yeah. And I'm on vacation next week for, uh, for all of Thanksgiving. So yeah, tomorrow's going to be an awesome day clocking out at five. And then it's me and the kiss box set. And then, you know, eight, nine days of freedom before I have to go back to work after the holiday. So yeah, tomorrow's going to be a good day, or today, because most of you will be listening to this on Friday. So, anyway, before we get out of here, keys to the game, and you know, we we you heard Rock and I touch upon it uh, during our conversation, and I know it sounds cliche, but when when you have two teams like this, uh, 
in the Bears and the Falcons that have their their pros and their cons, their flaws and their virtues and everything like that. When you're four and six and three and seven, what's one of the big contributors to you being in four and six or three and seven are the fact that you're not playing clean football as far as like you're not making you're you're not getting through the game. You're you're probably losing the penalty battle. You probably turn the football more than your you turn over the football more than your opponent has, you know, missed assignments and things like that. So it really is going to come down to which of these two teams makes the fewest mistakes. I mean, like I said, it's cliche, but that's really what it's going to come down to, I think, in the end. If the Bears can cut back on the penalties, we had nine. No matter how you feel about those penalties, we had nine of them. Detroit only had two. And, um, you know, so that was obviously a, a of uh, you know a part of our downfall uh, last week, whether it was, you know, crooked zebras or, or whatever you want to talk about. We had nine penalties uh, that went against us. Obviously, the, the pick six did not help matters because the Lions scored 31 points, but our defense only gave up 24. You know, and that happened for the second week in a row. The week before that, it was special teams uh, that did us. So it was like we got to stay clean in all three phases. And last week against the Lions, all three let us down. You know, defensive penalties, no matter how you feel about those, the offense gave up the pick six. Special teams missed the extra point that ended up being the difference in the game. Then the week before, getting the block punt, having that one run back uh, for a touchdown, that's what did us in there. You know, we're, we're not a team that can, that can get away with, with that many mistakes. So um, that's, uh, that's what, what it has to be. That has to be focus number one is playing clean football uh, on Sunday. No penalties, no miscues, or, you know, to, at the very least to minimize them and the goal being to make fewer mistakes than our opponents make. Because, I mean, you heard the conversation with Rock and I. The, like, go back to that Chargers game. My man recovers the fumble that's got the Falcons going back the other way. It looked like the Chargers were going in with the game-winning score. They fumbled the ball, the Chargers going back the other way, and just out of nowhere, just out of nowhere, a guy not used to carrying the football just drops the ball right in the middle of the field, gives the ball back to the Chargers. It goes back the other way. They kick the game-winning field goal as time expires, and that's it. That mistake right there murdered their chances of winning that football game. So... You know, it's things like that that you have to uh, avoid. You know, neither team, you know, you can, you can say that neither team is very good right now. And, and mistakes like that have been a big part of why they have the losing records that they have. So mistakes and keeping it clean, minimizing them, and at the very least having fewer mistakes than your opponent is the goal uh, on Sunday for sure. I mean, I, and that's why I say it's cliche because I'm sure that's everybody's goal every Sunday. But for these two teams especially – when that's been what's killed you in, in some of those ball games, like you would have a better record had it not been for some of these mistakes, it becomes more important. So that's why it's number one uh, on keys to the game. Number two, I'm going to keep saying it until they actually do it. Protect the middle of the field on defense. Protect the middle of the field on defense. Okay, In the running game, because we're getting gashed in the middle in the running game, and then obviously even more so in the passing game uh, as well. 
You know, I know that the Falcons like to use Drake London as more of an outside threat along the sidelines and things like that. But if I'm them, he's going crossing routes all day long. He'll find that spot in the zone because no pass rush is coming uh, for Mariota. He'll have all the time in the world to wait for London to go from the left side of the formation to the right to find that soft spot. Boom, big catch, big yards, first down. You know, we get to third and 12 and give up 22 on the play because London was wide open after he caught the football. Kyle Pitts, you know, I would expect him as a tight end, you know, who runs, you know, seam routes and things like that to have a big day against the Bears. So it's just going to come down, like I said, to miss to fewer mistakes, you know, making sure that we are covering those guys, no blown coverages, nobody sitting out there uh, wide open. We're not getting confused by the crossing routes and following the wrong guy and things like that. So, but uh, protect the middle of the field on defense in the running and the passing game that will work wonders uh, for us. So, and then finally, the offensive line has to step up on Sunday, especially if Tevin Jenkins is out because Grady Jarrett is really all that they have on that defensive line. And he is a beast of a, of a defensive tackle. And, um, you know, he will, he will manhandle Sam Mustafer all day long if we don't get him some help. And you got to come in ugly when you're going up again, a guy against a guy like Grady Jarrett. He's a big, strong dude. And he can wreak havoc on that interior line if we're not careful. This could be like, oh, my God, Grady Jarrett with his third sack of the game because he's a pro bowler. He's a stud. So, yeah, offensive line needs to step up big time uh, and, and, you know, handle Grady Jarrett, contain him uh, if possible if we want to come out with a victory against the Falcons on Sunday. So there you have it, guys. That is going to do it for the Week 11 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Monday when we will review this game. Did we handle Grady Jarrett? Did we cut back on the penalties and mistakes that have killed us the last few weeks? Did we get the win? More importantly, did we get the win? Because if we win, we actually jump ahead of Green Bay in the all-time victories category again because right now we're tied. We're tied. Um... And, and, of course, Green Bay didn't win, so they stay. Right, I think it's 786 total wins in NFL history. If we win, we'll be 787 and back on top, which would be very nice. So, Anyway, guys, come back on Monday for the review, Bears-Falcons, and then Tuesday for the Week 11 summary. And we'll move on to Week number 12 and Thanksgiving and the holiday and all that good stuff. So come on back Monday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bear Stock Underground.